Welcome to the Bond Brain. And now, without further ado, here's your host, Bud West. Welcome back to the Bond Brain for a, another entry in my series on Bond super skills, those skills that the people possess in real life, but they take a lot of training. They take a lot of uh, dedication and um, in, in many cases, a lot of experiences, such a range that Bond couldn't possibly possess all of these, but on an individual level or maybe in pairs, a lot of people do have a lot of these skills. And we're going to talk about another one here, and that is something that we see in a lot of the Bond films used quite often by Bond and other characters. And that is martial arts. And here to talk about his experiences with martial arts is Blake from Blonde Life Chicago. Welcome to the Bond Brain, Blake. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I've Your podcast is one of the first podcasts I ever listened to as far as Bond stuff. It's awesome. And it's a it's an honor and a privilege to, uh, to be on here with you to have something to add to uh, the super skills. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I'm hoping to just just trying to keep it going. And, uh, you know, we're, we're into this lull time and I, I think maybe I'm on to something here. And uh, fortunately, it was great to see you at Gather All, man. It was great to spend some, you know, some extra time with you. Yeah. And um, so uh, tell us about your journey into martial arts. Why, where, when, how do you use it and, and how do you benefit from it? Yeah, so I got into it, I guess, what you would consider, most people would consider relatively late. I never really grew up and had any martial arts or, or fighting in my in my youth. Um, however, I did always want to become a police officer, and I did become a police officer. So with that, obviously, there's just generalized training for it. Um, and that kind of fed my, my desire, my urge to um, further my knowledge in self-defense and martial arts. Um, one thing you say when you, when you first become a police officer is you kind of have to find your, your niche or your, your path that you kind of want to focus on within law enforcement. Some people really like the evidence stuff. Some people like the guns and the firearms for me really early on was, I really enjoyed the control tactics, the self-defense, the martial arts aspect of it. Uh, luckily I was able to become a, um, are a, a control tactics instructor for the first department that I was with, um, which again, fueled the fire even more with that. I have instructor certifications for control tactics in, uh, Krav Maga and then, um, Brazilian jitsu, And then as well as, um, baton strikes and what they call tactical flashlight usage, which is ultimately, using a bright flashlight to kind of distract or, or disturb or alter somebody's vision to then try to kind of step offline and use some other type of tool. Um, again, that's kind of really, so this, is mul- this is multiple disciplines for you. This yes. Is not a, just- a, a little bit of everything. And that's kind of another thing that, you know, I would strive anybody that's interested in self-defense and martial arts to not be a hundred percent focused on just one thing because, you know, a lot of different martial arts work well, but no martial arts is kind of the end all be all greatest thing. If you ever watch like the UFC or mixed martial arts, if you're really good at only one thing, 
inevitably you're going to fight somebody or be matched up with somebody that's really good at something that you have no knowledge of, and they're going to still kick your butt. Um, so especially in law enforcement where just like bond at times you are fighting to make sure you get home safe. Um, you know, you need to be able to have a couple tools in your toolbox rather than just one, a one trick pony. Um, that got me into starting to train Brazilian jiu-jitsu full-time. So throughout our conversation today and to the listeners, it might sound like I'm very biased toward jiu-jitsu. <laughs> I, I am, but that's only because that's the thing that I have the most knowledge in. I have some knowledge in other martial arts um, and a passion for that. But the one that I have the strongest passion for is I've been training Brazilian jiu-jitsu full-time um, since about this time in 2019. So about four years. Uh, and that's kind of my background and everything. Okay. So you go down this path now, did you actually start down the martial arts path before you became a law enforcement officer or after? After. So, and that okay. was one thing, you know, and, and, and we talked about it a little bit face to face a couple of weeks ago, I gather, like I have a very goofy work schedule. So initially, um, it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, man, I really want to train this, but my schedule keeps rotating or I'm on midnights and they only train in the morning. When am I going to get my sleep? And that's another thing I would say to anybody that's really interested in doing it in any type of martial arts. Uh, you know, the decision factors that I would say is first, you want to find whatever martial art fits your goal, your goals the best, whether it's you know, what type of fighting style you want to do, what you like, what might work better for your, you know, your lifestyle or your body type. From there, you have to find somewhere that's close to you that has hours and training classes that works well for your schedule because everybody works different hours and gyms have different, different kind of different availability. And then lastly is it has to fit your, um, thinking of a good way to say it basically it has to fit your goals um a lot of especially these uh mixed martial arts places and the jiu-jitsu places a lot of gyms are very focused on like competition based and and competing in these tournaments for me i'm a competitive person but i also work in law enforcement and i need my body to be able to work so <laughs> i i love going to these gyms and training and learning the art and getting better. But at the same time, I'm not in it to go to tournaments competing against younger guys that have nothing to lose and potentially blowing a knee out or, or injuring myself to the point where I can't work. So that's something where you have to kind of find that fit for the right type of gym that works for your lifestyle and what you want to achieve basically. But does that decrease the amount of, uh, or the opportunity, um, to, to spar more or less? Uh, yes and no. Another thing I would say is like once you, so I've trained at one gym full time, but I have gone to other places and met other people. Um, it, you know, just like anything else, it's basically a network. So now where the gym that I go to, somebody goes to a different gym and they say, Hey, there's some good guys over here. We're rolling. And so in jujitsu sparring is called rolling. Cause ultimately you're rolling on the ground. Um, and, you know, hey, we're having an open roll and open spar this day if you want to if you want to come out and get some, you know, some training in. Um, and it's just, you know, you kind of 
martial arts is something where again it's a fighting as a fighting sport but a lot of the places the really good gyms are good at having people check their ego at the door so ultimately yeah you want to do well but at the same time part of that is the respect for your training partner to make sure that they you both come back the next day if that makes sense you know you're not you're never out there to try to hurt your training partner you're both there to learn it's a solo sport in itself, but when you're in the gym training with people, it's still a team aspect where, you know, I'll get, I'll get submitted by somebody and it's a move that I've never heard of before and in, you're not heard of, but ever learned or seen. And I'll be like, Hey, that was a really cool move. And you know, the next, the next minute or two of that round, instead of going full on sparring they'll actually just say yeah this is what i did this is the position you start in and this is how you do it and that's how you get better too oh self yeah learning from your peers um, yeah. it, it, extremely important and, and i think that's one of the biggest you really hit on one of the biggest aspects of martial arts is you just got to put in the time yes definitely it's it took me i would say with with training jujitsu full-time it probably took me like a year and a half before I call what I say is like, I started to actually see the matrix, the ones and zeros behind it. And, and there is a whole nother realm of, of ranks that are higher than me that I'm gotten to the point now in four years of training where I can maybe think like one or two moves ahead. And I'm trying to get somebody in a certain position because I want to do a certain submission. And then if that doesn't work, I kind of just go back to square one and have to build back up. Some of the upper ranks, it's it's you know it's almost perfect for the bond brain because they are playing chess when everybody else is playing checkers, and it's they are three or four moves ahead. They're feeding you a, a certain type of body movement, making you think that they're trying to go for let's say an armbar. So you defend the armbar, which actually gives them what they really want, which is some type of choke. And it's, it's crazy to be at that point. I'm not there yet, hopefully one day. Um, but it is, it's just, you've got to go, you've got to go regularly. And, and that's the, the best way to get better. Now, do you concern yourself with things like belts and ranks and that kind of stuff? Again, not really. Like, it's, it's a I know you're not competing, thing, but right. right. Like for me, like it's, it's a, it's a great achievement and a great accomplishment to get to, you know, the next rank and stuff like that. But again, I'm not there to compete and, you know, I'm not there to, what I'm there to learn it for is to hopefully save my life one day when I need it at work. It's not to go out and, you know, compete or show off to somebody or to, hopefully get into like a bar fight brawl and just be able to dominate somebody. I'm, I'm doing it for, for my livelihood, for my work, for my, for my own self well-being. So the belts itself is, and even I would even say, so yeah, the ranks, it's kind of, it's great, but it's not what I strive for. And then even on a day when we'll at the end of class, usually we have maybe four or five sparring matches and they usually range from like three to six minutes. So about, you know, 
maybe 15 to 25 minutes, depending on how many rounds we have at the end of class. And maybe I like, there's a couple of, of my training partners that'll get upset because they didn't get any submissions or a certain amount of submissions in that amount of time frame that day. And for me, it's like, if I only get one or two submissions in that time frame, but I didn't get submitted or, you know, I basically just survived that to me is a victory for me because most of the people that I would tussle with at, at my work on the street, you know, quote unquote, aren't going to have the same knowledge as the people I'm going up against in the gym. So if I can personally stay safe and survive 25 minutes of battling other knowledgeable warriors, I'll be able to survive until backup gets there when I'm fighting for my life on the street, if that makes sense. No, no, no. Yeah, that absolutely makes perfect sense. I mean, I can see the belts in the ranks in the realm of children who do it. I mean, you, you need to, kids are, you know, you want, you got to give them a goal. You got to give them something to work for. Right. They're not going to see the big picture coming into something like that. Like, you know, someone such as yourself or an adult that's saying, Hey, I'm doing this. You know, some, some people just do it just for the fitness aspect of it. Right. Right. And that, so. I would even say, you know, not to take away from people that run marathons, running is, is a very great sport and I can't do it, but that takes a whole <laughs> lot of, you know, mental fortitude and cardio but to anybody that's never done any type of martial arts or grappling or fighting, that is like a whole different ball game of, of cardio and, you know, you've, you're breathing or forgetting to breathe like you've never done before as you're trying to also basically survive. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's, yeah, it's people always, uh, I have a, buddy years ago big big heavy lifter and stuff mm -hmm. like that and then shocked when he went to try to run a 5k and he and he didn't make it to the end right and, right uh, like it's just it's a different level of of cardio i mean for many years i played soccer that's more like distance running you, you're going right. to run about 15 miles in a game i also played ice hockey whole other level of fitness there because it's you know just go hard for two minutes a sprint and get off it's a sprint and get back on the off you know the ice yep. and um so yeah i mean it it's definitely different levels of fitness so where would you rank it as like a holistic thing you know because i've read that you know if you really want to do a full perfect full body workout the, the only real activity out there that really works every single solitary one of your muscles is swimming yeah which I is would... not something i've done but how do you rank these different forms of martial arts in that respect i would say part of it is kind of tough because it would depend on the on the martial arts obviously certain ones work a little bit more at different parts um whereas like your your kung fu your taekwondo karate um and and like kickboxing that's gonna be you'll get your whole body workout in a sense but a lot of it's going to be more cardio based as well as you're throwing, obviously you're throwing punches and kicks. So you'll get some of that extra workout, but it's more of a, I would, I would lean towards it's more of a cardio workout just because you're not getting a lot of that, you know, it's regular body movement. Um, judo is standing. It's almost like standing jujitsu in a sense, because you're grappling and doing takedowns. Um, so you're going to get a little bit of 
um, you know, like hand and grip strength as well as kind of working on your balance. Um, but a lot of judo is, is sweeps and tosses and throws. So I would say actually the biggest workout you're going to get with judo judo is getting banged up and getting back up off the ground. Um, (laughs) and, and that's even, so I've not trained a ton of judo. Uh, Some of the jujitsu takedowns are the same as judo takedowns, but I've talked to people that have actually tried to train judo full time. And that's where it goes back again to kind of like the, the vibe from the gym that you get and the way that people go about teaching it is a lot of judo gyms are very old school where basically if you're the new person you just are like the throwing dummy which it is unfortunate because that would probably scare a decent amount of people away because nobody wants to go get into a martial arts just to get tossed around and not necessarily feel like they're learning anything for the first bit um not to say that judo isn't a great martial arts, but there are definitely like, hopefully there's gyms out there that are better than just using you as a rag doll at the beginning. Cause that's not a good way to learn. <laughs> um, and then with, I would say probably like wrestling and jujitsu would probably be the one that's the, the most of a full body workout. You're getting the same type of cardio as you would from, judo and striking except you're not necessarily throwing strikes but you're on the ground and basically there ultimately there's no time off where you know even if you're if you're standing up and you're striking you're breathing hard and obviously mentally you're still in it but you can take a second to breathe and you're still you know have your hands up you're defending your head and and trying to think of your next strike and and focusing on what they might try to do to counter strike in jujitsu, if you're on the ground at all times, you have to be somewhat connected to that person, feeling what their move is, wanting to do your next move. And if you put your hand or leg in the wrong spot or your neck, you could get submitted in some way. Plus, you have the added factor of now you're also getting smashed by somebody potentially or squeezed by somebody Um you know, similar to like Xenia on a top with, with her, her leg triangles, (laughs) stuff like, like I, yesterday, I, I literally had somebody yesterday that put that leg triangle on me and I just had like, that is no fun. Um, and like, it just feels like it's squeezing the life out of you, stuff like that, where you're getting smashed. You have to remember to breathe, try to stay safe and and just try to get into a better position but they're all great workouts they're all going to get your heart rate going your you know your body sweating and another thing too about it that you know it's great because it also it shows you and i and i'll even kind of go into the judo part if you're getting used as a ragdoll it shows you what your body can go through and you can still get back up and keep going um you know, some people may not have ever had to have been in a fight in their life. So you might not know what your body can go through, but if you, you know, you get a bump, you get a bruise, you know, you get a, you know, a bloody nose, something like that, you know, what you can still power through lo and behold, something does ever happen in real life out of the gym. You know, it's not like you get punched once your nose starts bleeding and you're like, Oh crap, I'm, you know, I'm done because part of that is a mental 
you know, there is a mental aspect to fighting and martial arts and stuff like that, where you have to be able to be willing to push through a little bit of pain in order to keep going, whether it's, you know, even if it's just running a 5k or a marathon, you have to have that mental fortitude to say, this isn't going to end me. I can keep going through. If that yeah, I think that that's lost on a lot of people that, yeah. that attitude that, you know, you could train someone in any type of fighting style that you want and they all have their pluses and minuses, I'm sure. But if they don't have it in them, you know, teaching someone to say, this, okay, this is how you break a guy's nose. If they don't have it in them to do it, it it's just kind of useless. And I think it's just, yeah, that, that's a, that's an attitude. Um, I used to see it younger in, in ice hockey. You'd get these kids out there that, you know, they, they'd watch the television, they'd watch the game on TV and think, oh, that's great. But when they got on the ice and started getting knocked around, they didn't like it so much. Yep. Yeah. Then yeah. it's like, no, I don't want to play anymore. This isn't so fun. Yeah. And I, I think one of the biggest things with that is years ago, I saw a documentary on Navy SEALs and uh, Jesse Ventura was, was speaking and he's like, mm-hmm. you need to start this process. And the first thing they kind of do is weed out the guys that can't mentally take it. And he goes, you're looking at a guy next to you, and this guy is just, like, massive. He's cut. He looks like he's tough as nails. And there's a skinny little guy on the other side of him. And he goes, and then you find out, you know, two weeks later, that big guy's gone. Yep. Um, yeah, you find out. Skinny little guy's there. You find out who can mentally take it. He said, because the, the body stuff, and, and that can be worked on. That can be developed. But yep. You just have that demeanor and not that it's a bad thing if you don't but it, it's yeah i don't i don't think people you know fully fully understand that i mean yeah you know, I, i've seen people who spent years in martial arts get their rear ends handed to them in a bar fight but right. know, like, it doesn't it doesn't make you invincible either but it but it, no. you need to have that you know that it factor and that's something you know again tying it back to bond we see it a little bit in the movies, but especially in the books, if you read like the the books, like there are some times that he is like next to dying and he just finds a way to power through, especially in those books that it's like he just has that that will to power through and he's not going to he's not going to come short from completing his mission. Right. Yeah, it's. Uh, it always seemed, and, and this is just a personal reflection, with, with me, it was always temper. Um, yeah. Anytime, anytime rough situations occur, like, I I would lose my temper. and But that's what would keep me going. Right. Um, even if I didn't come out on top in the end, um, it was just that temper. Like, it, you know, the guy could be twice my size. If he, if he took a shot at me on the ice, I was going back after him. And if I had to do it in a dirty way, it was going to be a dirty way. That right. was that. But and I just right and you know got me in some trouble there when I couldn't quite um, couldn't quite you know keep a handle on it. One of the reasons that my father suggested I play ice hockey was you know it was a, it was a very, it was a very, hum, very humbling experience. Yes, uh, I, and I kept at it for for years. And even in no check leagues, you still get guys that would go overboard and you'd end up dropping gloves and stuff. But right, you know, but but. Still, it's it is an attitude for me. It comes from temper. Maybe that's not true for everybody else, um, and I'm too old to be doing that crap. And now, but um, <laughs> yeah, 
So now how about on the job? How much of, of this has actually, you know, worked its way? And, you, and you've had to use this on a professional basis. Um, a few times. Luckily, I'm, not, I'm in an area where, you know, I, luckily I'm not in the heart of Chicago. So I'm not having to, you know, draw my gun or fight with people on a daily basis. Thank goodness. Mm. Um, but I would say it kind of feeds into work in several different ways. So obviously when I have to go hands-on with somebody, so jujitsu again is a martial art that's primarily on the ground, but once you know how the body works, how to isolate certain body parts, whether it's the arm, the leg, you know, more specifically the elbow or the shoulder, you can do those same things standing up. Um, so I, one specific submission move is a, is called a Kimura lock, which is basically you're getting somebody's arm. It's a shoulder lock, but it's getting their arm behind their back, almost in a handcuffing position. So that's something that obviously as a police officer, I get people in on a regular basis. Um, not necessarily to inflict pain, but just to handcuff them in a sense. And so right. when those people then try to struggle, I already have a good idea of how to isolate that shoulder into now getting just a slight bit of pain compliance and hopefully not having to tussle with that person any further, just kind of getting them to calm down from there, finish the handcuffing and, and basically keep it at bay. Um, it also goes, and, and again, it's kind of goes into, I'll, I'll tie it in with bond in a, in a sense where obviously, you know, they always say like, when you walk into a room or you walk into a building, you want to know all the exits, you want to have a plan that kind of goes the same with martial arts. Once you get more, more comfortable with it and basically have that muscle memory for it. And, and it gives you the ability to read people's, um, body language as well. Now you have a sense in a gym of knowing how people are going to approach you to try to do a takedown or to strike you or, or things of that nature. So you have an idea. I, I'm never going out there on a call, you know, itching for a fight or hoping that somebody tries to fight me. Cause that's not what martial arts is about either. But now I have an idea when I start seeing those signs, you know, that person's clenching up their fists, they're starting to puff out their chest. They've got a bladed stance, which for those that don't know what a bladed stance is, it's basically, you know, one foot slightly in front of the other, you know, knees a little bit bent picture, like a boxing stance for the most part. Um, so you can read those things. And now I have a game plan as to, okay, if this guy does this, I'm going to try to do this to, divert and then again try to just gain control of this person without having to use a ton of force stuff like that um but i think a lot of it especially in law enforcement is just kind of getting that that control and sense of what the body can and can't do um and then just kind of those shoulder those shoulder control controls for the most part uh, great now your fight breakdowns on Instagram. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Those uh, appear to be, when I look at Instagram, very, very, very popular posts. They're um, doing all right and, so far. Yeah, and you even did some live with, with some folks at, um, at Gatherall, so I thought that was actually pretty cool. Do you have more in store for that? or? I So I had a bunch of other 
ideas as far as what I wanted to do a gather on. I was just enjoying talking to people. Like I wanted to get you on one. I wanted to get Joe on one. I wanted to get Dave. I had like maybe like 12 ideas and it was just got to the point where I was just enjoying talking to people that I almost just didn't yeah. want to pull away from it. Um, so that's definitely something as further community events and gather alls go, that's definitely going to continue. Um, and then, you know, just powering my way through the, the, the rest of the bond series. And hopefully by the time I get to the end, there's a new movie for me to try to do a, a fight breakdown or two, but, but yeah, that's kind of one of those things similar to how, you know, again, your podcast was one of the first bond podcasts that I ever really got involved in and in listening to. And it was an awesome, you know, kind of fraction of the bond community and bond fandom because who doesn't want to be able to kind of have some of those same skill sets or you know mental you know skills and knowledge that bond basically has throughout these series to you know whether it's just as simple as playing a certain card game or poker game or you know or any of these crazy extreme sports type things i i thought it was awesome and i was trying to kind of think of something that I could add to the, to the community myself. And that's where, um, it, it just kind of popped into my head last year. I think I'm coming up around a year now on doing some of the breakdowns and it was like, you know, I love self-defense. I love martial arts. And then on top of that, just having my, you know, again, I don't know a lot about all the martial arts, but having several instructor certifications in different, different realms, I was like, I think I could, you know, it's not the end all be all. And like I try to say in most of my videos, if you're serious about it, please find somebody more, more special, you know, specialized in that, in that art near you to train. But I think I at least do a decent bit to kind of point out stuff and what's real, what's more cinematic. And I really enjoyed it so far. Yeah. I mean, they're actually very, very interesting. Um, thank you videos to watch and um it is to the point of as you said earlier like the chess match being able to um think you know five moves ahead or if this guy does this right. i do this. if he does that i'll do that and yeah i mean it, there's so much into that and i know with with my podcast i don't i don't really try to tell people how to do things right i I just, I just try to alert them to these things. And, but, you know, as you just said, I mean, then hopefully that'll inspire them to go out and try them. I mean, I mean, nobody's going to be able to come up with all of these things and you're not going to be a great poker player and chess player and, you know, black belt in something and be able to fly every type of aircraft and skydive and, and right. It's, it's just in a, in a surf and a tsunami and, uh, it's just the level of skill there for some of these things is, is just, it's not a lot when you zero in on one or two, it is right. quite a bit when you look at the, the 25 films and uh, yeah, I don't know how soon we're going to get a film. We, we we're both going to be scrambling. Um, yeah. And it's people like yourself that are bailing me out here, keeping my podcast <laughs> going. Well, like I said at the get-go, it's a it's a privilege. So anything that I can try to add as far as what you think Bond thinks of, I'm I'm always game for something. Yeah, I mean we um, I have some things in mind. I'm going to put some 
put some stuff out there. One of them would involve all of us gathering in one location. Yeah. Um, but, um, so I, I don't know. That'll be the hardest one to pull off. But, right. Um, there's definitely some stuff out there, and uh, I assume your fight breakdowns are going to keep going here? Yes, that's for sure. I'm not going to stop. And then I've even already kind of said it a little bit, but if if lo and behold, I run out of bond fight breakdowns to get to, I'm either thinking either like the novelization breakdowns of the bond stuff, or I might even go yeah. into like other spy movies just to kind of keep it rolling until, until we get some more bond content to kind of go with. But again, I've really enjoyed it so far and I, I definitely don't have any plans of, of slowing down now. I've already, I've already passed the point of no return. All right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> just, just a, the Jason Bournes alone, you should be able to pull some. Out of yep. Yep. Those ones are, it'll be interesting with all the, uh, like the cut shots and cut scenes for that one, but I, sh- I should be able to piece some of those together too. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's, and there's something wrong with, with doing that every now and then. And it's just right. kind of going into another series or something. I mean, I've done it. Um, I'll just go off on a tangent about games or, or something like that. That really isn't necessarily so bond related. Um, but well, uh, anything else you would like to add? Any shameless plugs you'd like to throw out there? Um, I don't know if it's so shameless. I would go back to what you said a few minutes ago. Um, yeah, if you know, if somebody were to try to master every single one of the Bond skills that you've put out on your podcast, that would be a lot and that'd be tedious. But I would say, you know, even if you just try a couple of them, that's there's a lot of different things that you've covered and that people just do on a regular basis that have a little bit of bond esque to them. And for those people that are able to do that on a daily basis, it, you know, it brings a little bit of hidden joy into your lives, whether it's, you know, maybe that might be the, for some people that might be the only fun thing that they had going on that day. Other people, you know, it just makes a, a good day better, but you know, that's, you know, you, you could say, you know how to play poker. You can say, I can't remember the name of the, I read the book at the same time that you did that one Asian card game, um, from the one Gosh. Benson novel. I still can't. I, 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 I don't know how to say it either, well, but like, I, something I, I like don't, that. Uh, Ma, uh, Mahjong. Yes. Um, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I still, I can't get anyone, um, I have a lot of, I know a lot of people that play, that play games and stuff and get together. Mahjong is just one that I can't seem to get a crowd for. To try to get, um, get it all together. Yeah. And it, it's, it's funny that one came up. I was just rereading the Bensons at the same time that I was over at a friend's house. And he actually had like a Mahjong set that his grandfather, Crazy. well, his grandfather <laughs> had brought it back from. Oh, um, okay. From China during World War Two. That makes sense. So um, it was even like modern sets have some different symbols on it to make them a little more easy to right. understand. But uh, yeah, it's, it's an ancient game and it's definitely a brain burner. Yeah. So, but, but stuff I mean, like that, first, it's, it just brings a little bit of you know you could you could try that on a weekend with with a group of friends and it just brings a little bit of bond into there for for a little while stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, and that and that's the point. I mean, everyone doesn't have the time for all of these things. And I mean, let's face it, some of these things can cost you quite a bit of coin. Oh, for sure. 
you're not going to do what Chris Morales does and fly an airplane without putting out some capital. No, and, not just willy nilly. Really, no, uh-uh, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. So, <laughs> dude, it was great to see you at Gatherall. Thank you for coming on board here. Any final words you have? Thank you again for having me. It was awesome to see you also. Thanks as always in kind of keeping me in the loop and keeping me as part of the plans. Thanks for having me on. I'm Bond Life Chicago on Instagram. And and like you already said, you already did the plug for me, but I'm doing double O fight breakdowns. Um, and I, I, I don't plan on stopping. Thank you again for having me on. Oh, you're welcome, man. Always good to talk to you. So you that is all that we have for now. Watch those Bond fight breakdowns, guys. They're, they're actually pretty cool to watch. And uh, this is Bud West with the Bond Brain. The Bond Brain will return. <laughs>